Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of Hooked on Homeschool. I am delighted to have with me today Mrs. Kalia. She is a homeschool mom of three kiddos, and she is going to share some valuable information because she has been homeschooling her children since day one. So I have on with me Kalia, and we are going to talk about all things homeschooling. Hi, friends. Are you ready to homeschool, but you're just not sure how to begin? Do you feel overwhelmed or frustrated with the public school and noticing that your child is constantly struggling or falling behind? Are you ready to say goodbye to that hectic and stressful weekday schedule and embrace a completely different approach? Do you find that your child is exhausted from those long days at school, followed by hours of homework at night? And are you constantly experiencing stress and overwhelm as a result? I'm here to share some great news with you. There is a better way, and it's called homeschooling. Experience quiet and peaceful mornings again. How about instilling a sense of joy and excitement for learning in your child? Witness their true passions unfold as you go on this fulfilling journey together. Welcome to Hooked on Homeschool. I am Dawn Janowitz, a homeschool mom, wife, podcaster, and online course creator. And I want to give you the clarity, the confidence, the freedom, and all the strategies to show you that it is possible to create an amazing homeschool experience that works for both you and your kids. So come on, ladies, let's go from hot mess express to fierce and fun, and let's get hooked on homeschool. Hi, Kalia. Hi, it's so nice to be here. Oh, I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for doing this interview and sharing your journey on what homeschooling means to you and what it's all about and what you're doing with your kiddos. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I feel like COVID, everybody was like, ah, homeschooling. And I was like, no, no, COVID is not homeschooling. Please don't get this impression. That is so true. That is so true. So we'll go over that as well, because you actually moved here from California in 2020. You moved to Orlando in 2021 from California because things were going on. So tell us about that. You were actually homeschooling though before COVID. We were. So my oldest is 12 years old. And from the time she was a baby, we had talked about homeschooling. My husband was definitely one of those as he was growing up that homeschooling would have been super beneficial for him. He's very smart, but emotionally not as smart. And so he was telling me all these things when he was a kid, he would get called into the principal's office all the time. He had too much energy. He couldn't sit still. All those things of that normal, oh God, you can't be in school for that. And it was squashed. And so when I found that out with him and how much energy he had, I thought, oh my gosh, my kids really are going to need some extra love for this. And so when my daughter turned two and a half, three years old, we had started to really get to know people in the homeschooling network in LA. There's actually a very strong Jewish homeschooling network there because of the fact that the schools are very, very, very expensive and people don't necessarily want to go into the public school route. So at that point, I said, you know what? She's not quite ready for school, but I might as well start to get to know the group. I might as well start to bring her to park days and play dates and things like that. And we did. And once she was available to officially be signed up For kindergarten, I looked into joining a charter school, which was available to then homeschool. There's there's two different routes that you can take in California. One is that you can be with a charter school, and one was is that you could basically create your own private school. And there's there's pros and cons to both. So I thought, well, 
I, I don't know what I'm doing. So I need that help from joining a charter school. And I joined a charter school and I had the most incredible education facilitator who I would meet with once every 20 days or so. She helped me come up with lesson plans. She helped me come up with ideas of how my kids learn the best. What was great for my daughter might not be great for my next child, which was my first son and so on. And so once COVID hit, it was like, okay, yeah, things changed a little bit for us. But for the most part, we just kept on because that's that's what we did. So over in California, can you homeschool without a charter school or without a private school? You cannot homeschool without a charter school or without a private school. You have to be one or the other. Because in Florida, it's completely different because you can homeschool by just having your letter of withdrawal and then just having your letter of intent, right? You just withdraw your child and then you have your letter of intent. So each state has something different. Okay. So make sure if, if you're listening to this, whatever state that you live in, make sure you follow those rules. Florida is very easy. All you have to do is have your letter of intent one time, one time for the whole 12 years and an evaluation every year by a licensed evaluator. But also know with that evaluator, they're not evaluating to see if your child is passing or failing because that is not their job. It's your job to see how they're improving. They're just there to facilitate and ask and make sure and question to make sure your child is on track, that they're meeting any standards and see if you have any questions. So right now you're now in Florida. Were you kind of shocked at how different it was to homeschool here in Florida? I was so shocked, but at the same time, I was thrilled. What I've learned with specifically with my oldest, my daughter, we found out that she has dysgraphia. And so the exact opposite of dyslexia. So whereas dyslexia, you look at words and they're sort of floating on the page or the letters are backwards and upside down or whatever it might be. Dysgraphia, she doesn't have a problem comprehending what she read and comprehending and spitting it out back at you. But when she tries to then write it down, she's going into seventh grade this year and it looks like she writes like a first grader because her spelling is atrocious. Her letters are not formed properly. It almost looks like her fine motor skills were never developed properly, but yet she can sit down at the sewing machine. She can sit down and do minute tasks with art projects and things like that. So that's where dysgraphia affects her. So how did you find this out? Because here you have your child, you're being like, that's not how you do the letter A. Like, how did you know that there was actually... So in California, it was... That where that was where when I moved to Florida, I was like, thank goodness, because in California, you have to follow those standards. And if you don't, they mark it on your transcripts and they say your child is, is behind on this, but they don't necessarily tell you how to then find therapy to fix it. Or if it, they do, it's, you know, thousands of dollars to try and work on something that might not affect her development in terms of her knowledge and in terms of her succeeding in life. So when we moved here, we actually met with a specialist. And especially because Florida does offer that unique abilities scholarship, we thought, well, if she's got this issue, we might as well see if she can qualify. And if she has, I don't know if she has ADHD. I don't know if she's dyslexic. I don't know if she, there's so many terms out there that her brain, you know, has a little abnormality. What can we do? So when we got her tested, they said she is for sure, she has dysgraphia probably ADHD. And that's something that the doctor then confirmed. But because we homeschool, it's not like we have to medicate her. She does her tasks. She is, you know, she knows how to then transition from one thing to the next with the different therapies that we've worked with and the different modalities that we've learned to understand how her brain works. But to go from California where 
every year after third grade, or I guess starting at the end of third grade, you have to be tested by the state where that was a meltdown, 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 meltdown. The whole third grade year, every time she had to sit in front of that computer to try and do this test to practice. So even if you are homeschooled, you have to do those tests. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yeah. It's completely different here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it was something where I, it was breaking my heart to watch her go through this. And so ironically, her third grade year was when COVID hit. So for us, I was like, there's no in-person testing. I am so happy. I'm sorry COVID had to happen, but I am so happy for my child. Yeah. That she didn't have to take that test. Yeah. So a lot of parents think that I can't homeschool my child because they have learning disabilities and I can't help them with their homework. They need a teacher there to help them. But actually, in reality, homeschooling is actually best for your child that has a learning disability because number one, you're, they're not being compared and they're not being told they can't do something. They just do it at their own pace and they'll learn and they'll get it. But if they're at school and they're feeling like they're not as good as everyone else, boy, that's going to really, really hurt their self-esteem. And they're probably going to carry that almost forever. I mean, it's going to be a very difficult thing to break. It is. And it's one of those where when you're in school, you have to fit into that little box. There's only so much a teacher can do with 15, 30 kids in a class to say, you've got the lowest of the learners and you've got the highest of the learners, but there's all those kids in between. And who do you then work towards the most? When you're at home, you can really focus on you and you don't have to worry, well, that person finished the test and, oh, my ADHD is thinking about the clock ticking and this is happening and, oh my gosh, what's going on? And there's also, I mean, my parents used to ask me all the time, well, what are you going to do when her math outpaces yours? And there's also so many programs that you can find in person where you can find a tutor and send them to somebody or you can have them come to your house or, or whatever. You can work with your child's skills and what their needs are. I love that. Okay. So if someone thinks sending their child to school, teaching a subject that let's say you don't know how to teach world history, do you not realize how many programs are online that can teach world history? So if you don't think you could teach algebra or you know trigonometry, you don't have to teach it. Have someone else do it. It's still homeschooling. And that's what is so great about homeschooling. Your child doesn't have all these other children around them frustrating them or distracting them or wondering why they're still taking the test and 20 other people are now finished with their test. It's very hard when you compare a lot of kids. It's also to me a completely unrealistic way of them living your life, right? You're in school, you're forced into the same classroom with everybody else who is the same age as you. You have to follow the same curriculum as everybody else, different capabilities, and you're supposed to hone in on that one skill that you have better than anybody else but yet you haven't even figured that out because you've been forced into this box your whole life. It's so true. Yeah. And you had mentioned earlier, like, like you said, you have your, your learners, you have the, the easier learners and then the harder learners. But the problem with that is you have to also look at birthdays. If you have a, a girl that has a birthday in November and you put her in first grade with a boy who has a birthday in July, they are going to be two completely different children, even though they are technically the same age. They have contests and fairs and, and who can do this and who can race the fastest and who can get the higher grade on the test. And it's, it's so much competition. And it's not like that in the, in the real world, like adult world. It, we don't have all that competition. You go to work, you do your best and 
you do what you can do to, to get ahead, but there's so much competition and these poor little kids, it's stressful for them. It's very stressful for them. Right. They're always being pitted against each other. Yeah. So when you're home with your children, you know, a lot of times homeschool moms want to like instill different values and stuff like that. What are some things that are important to you and your family? Number one is that our family comes first in our family, that everybody has their own set of values for what their family thinks is best for them. And that's okay. I'm not here to judge somebody else. I'm not here to tell you what to do. But in our house, we're, we're Jewish. We're actually religious Jews. And that number one is, is at the top of the list because when you get older, I want to know that my values I've instilled in you is something that not only you you feel obligated to do, but that you want to do, that it's something that you love, that we've made it fun, that we've made it exciting, that we've made it something that's just a part of your life. And this is how we do it. And you are then capable of going out into the real world and meeting people from different backgrounds and still being strong in who you are. That's so true. It's knowing who you are. And you also teach your children to love one another, right? Like you guys are Jewish, but you probably tell your children to love Christians. Like we all can be living in this world together and you don't have to feel like this is your only way. Like this is, this is what we believe. This is what they believe. And it's such a beautiful thing that we can all, that's what America is. We've all come together and we've all been able to make it work and we're not pitting hate and and all these things against each other. We can all be unique in our own way. That is so great. Right. And you can learn from other people too. Like my daughter's two best friends aren't Jewish. And I love that because she can teach them about being kosher and she can teach them about keeping Shabbat. And yet she then also learns what values they have in the Christian world and they can find their similarities and they can find their differences and they can say, we can still love each other because of that. Yes, exactly. That is so important because when you have a good foundation of love, I mean, you can get through anything. And that's so important to teach your children that other people are important and make them feel valued, make them feel good. That's so important. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Were you homeschooled or what was your experience when you were younger? Are, are you working now? I think you've got something uh, going on. So tell us about that. I do. I was not homeschooled. Probably from sixth grade until eighth grade, I, if I even knew homeschooling was an option, I would have taken it in a heartbeat. My mom actually was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was in fifth grade, and thank God she's alive. Everything is fine. But, you know, it's that time period where people will just find whatever it is to pick on you, even if it's something you can't control. So the fact that my mom was going through chemotherapy, she had to wear a wig, and the wig looked ridiculous ridiculous, to be perfectly honest, but she tried. The wigs nowadays aren't the same as what they were then. She also would throw up all the time because of the chemo. And it was embarrassing to me as a sixth grader. Obviously, as an adult, I look back and I'm like, wow, that was selfish of me. But I was in sixth grade. You know, it's it's awful. And so up until ninth grade, I had a great elementary school. And then up until ninth grade, when a whole bunch of new kids came into my school, and I, I really connected with them, I became sort of the leader of the outsiders group. I would have homeschooled for those three years if I could have, but I didn't. And so I have, I think, a, a very strong empathetic side to me, which is I, I'm grateful for. I went to college in Boston. I actually have a theater teaching degree. 
I never thought I would actually use it. I, I did not like working in the private schools. I did not like working in the public schools. I interned when I was in college and really felt like I was catering to the administration and the board of parents and not to what the kids actually needed. And started working in sales and started working in recruiting and then eventually went to being a stay-at-home mom. So it was it, I never found a career I liked. And when my husband and I met, his mom was a stay-at-home mom. So it was sort of a no-brainer when he said, I would like my wife to stay at home. I was like, really? I, I can do that. You're like, yes. Great. <laughs> Where do I sign? And and it's been fantastic. And and look, yes, there are people who say, oh my gosh, I couldn't be around my kids all day, every day. But I'm not around my kids all day, every day. That's the other myth about homeschooling is that it all takes place at home and you never go anywhere and you never send your kids out somewhere. My kids are doing things all day long. They've got play dates here. They've got this class out of the house. They've got that program that they're doing. So we don't see each other actually alive. Hi, friends. Are you wanting to homeschool, but you just don't even know where to start? If so, I have got some exciting news to share with you. Did you know that I have a free workshop that will help you get started with homeschooling? Plus, I'll give you valuable tips and insights to help guide you along the way. I invite you to visit Hooked on Homeschool, where I'll teach you how to create an amazing homeschool experience right now. Take this first step towards the incredible journey of homeschooling by visiting hookedonhomeschool.com. And the thing is, is people always say, oh, if you're not, you know, you don't have your kids with you 24-7, you're not homeschooling. But we have learned that if you are leading your children's learning, if you are the lead learner in their learning, you are homeschooling. So if you drop them off at a co-op for six hours, you're still homeschooling. What you are doing is you are using those resources to help you homeschool. If your child is not in public or private school, and you are using a hybrid, you're using micro school, you're using a co-op, you are definitely homeschooling. So if you're out there and you want to homeschool, but you say that I can't be with my kids all day, it depends on their ages, right? If they're, if they're older, you definitely have a little bit more of freedom. If they're younger, yeah, you're going to be with them a little bit more because a lot of the co-ops when they're younger, you do have to be there, but you know what? That time goes by so fast. It goes by so fast. Within five years, your child is going from a toddler to like a second grader. And so you're actually doing something completely different now than theater. I, yes and no. Like I feel like working with my kids every day, it's improv constantly. But I'm also, I just transitioned into, I was a surrogate. I delivered a baby in December of 2019, like right before COVID started. And what I've moved into now is through my second surrogacy journey with the same family, I ended up unfortunately losing the baby at 16 weeks and five days. And so I, when I needed the resources that were out there, I couldn't figure out what I could do in terms of what I needed. And so I just said, I'm going to create it. So I created a workbook called the Pregnancy Loss Grief Workbook. And it also comes with affirmation cards and it comes with a whole toolkit of things that, that women so is that, does that have anything to do with the, the pregnancy grief, the second workbook? The second workbook is for anybody who feels like they want to get to know themselves better. It's for anybody who wants to really build their inner strength muscles and learn breathing techniques and be able to do exercises that when you need to pull from your inner strength, you know you can. So what is that website that people can go find that? The website is kalilagreenspeaker.com. 
So that is really cool. And then your children are also seeing you creating this and doing this. And how amazing is it for that them? Because now they're seeing mom being an entrepreneur. You're getting out there. You're doing what you love to do, what your passion is. That's amazing. That's really great for kids to see that. It's also actually really inspired my two older ones to try and figure out. Right now, she's actually taking care of two different people's guinea pigs. We have one person's rabbits and we have a cat that we're taking care of. So she's also like her business exploded recently. And my son, who's nine, keeps saying, well, I want to do something. I want to do a lemonade stand. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm like, okay, we need to hone in on what you're good at and figure out how you can then make that into a business. So we're working on that with him. Exactly. Find what your calling is. What is your passions? What are your interests? And then create something around that. And I think owning a business, entrepreneurship, capitalism, it's kind of what makes the world go round because sometimes people don't want to work for somebody else. So it's really cool to have your own business. Yeah. So since you're doing your workbook and everything on the side, so what does your day typically look like? I know we're in the summer right now, but let's just say it's August. We're starting school. What kind of style approach, what kind of approach do you do with your children? So we found a program here in Orlando that is a fantastic program. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and it starts at nine o'clock in the morning and it goes till 1.30 in the afternoon. So they technically have four periods every single day. And it's almost like a college program because they get to choose what they want to learn. So for example, last year they had a teacher who is continuing this year, thankfully, that they learned the constitution, they learned US government, they learned law. They actually, she did a field trip after school one day where she took some of the kids to a courthouse to watch a whole proceeding happen. They've learned about Shakespeare. They've learned about... Oh, wow. That's really cool. What's the name of this? Is this a co-op? Is kind of like a co-op or a hybrid? How would you say this school is? And what is the name of it? The type of program that it is, is an enrichment program, and it's called the Lighthouse School. Okay, so the Lighthouse School. I will also go ahead and put that link in the show notes as well. And I have heard other great things about that school. So that's great. If anybody lives in the greater Orlando area and you feel like you don't want your children home with you all day, like I said, there are options. So this one's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday from nine to one, one thirty, And they also have field trips. So the field trips are, you do something extra on an extra day with your kids. So that's great. That's a really great school. I've heard lots of great things about that. Yeah. The, the woman who runs it is phenomenal. She's, I, I cannot say enough good things about her. And then on Thursdays, we leave open. Thursdays are always the day that when we were in LA, it was our field trip day. So it was one of those where we said, okay, if we want to go to Disneyland, we can go to Disneyland. If we want to go to the science center, we can go to the science center, whatever it is we want to do. or If you need to catch up on any of your work, we also have a day to do that. And so Thursdays still now, I try not to schedule anything because I really want it to be a day for them that they can either sleep in or catch up on work, or we can go out and do something and not feel like we either need to be home for a class or I need to take them for a class somewhere. So Thursdays are our open days. And then Fridays, because at sundown, we have to be ready for for our Sabbath. Fridays are really the day that we also get ready. So they're helping me in the kitchen. They're helping me cleaning the house. They're helping me go food shopping. So all of those things include things like math, science, chemistry with baking, things like that. So it becomes a school day by proxy of the fact that you have to learn about how to keep your house. Yeah, that's and that's super important as well. All these things are like making our children 
whole, right? It's not just about like learning math, learning, you know, the, your four core subjects. So if you had to share some three powerful tips, tricks, or hacks, what would you say that, that you would like to share with some homeschool moms that are either just made the decision or making the decision to homeschool? What would you tell them? I would say if you're starting to think about homeschooling, to really find what your kids love. That if you've got a young child who is obsessed with cars, find different programs online, find different places you can go to in your area that are either mechanics or auto museums or videos on building cars and what kind of engines there are, whatever it might be. Find what your kids love and help them make a project on it. That's my first one. My second one is to understand that if they've been in school and if you're used to school, to know that homeschooling is very much the opposite of school. You're not supposed to fill eight hours a day with stuff to do for them. It's okay to be bored. They can go and they can work on a project for an hour. And if they're done with their project, fantastic. If they did a great job on it, I have my oldest really likes to spend her time and work and work and meticulously get things right. My middle one likes to do it as fast as humanly possible. And then he's like, look, I'm done in 10 minutes. So we have to balance between the two to say, what did you work hard on? And what do you need to work more on? Because I don't want them to always come to me and say, didn't I do such a good job? I want them to be able to internalize that. So that's my second thing. And my third thing is if you don't know it, there's so many ways to find someone else who does. There's out school, there's Beast Academy for math, there's linguistics, there's Duolingo. There's so many programs out there that if you don't know it, somebody else does. And if your kids, you mentioned on the kids being bored, you could tell your child to go in the kitchen and make something, make French toast, go online, figure out how to make it. And you know, that's easy and it's cheap. Have them try to figure something out instead of them just saying, mom, can I go on the TV? Like try to let them know that being bored isn't about just relaxing on the couch and wanting to put that TV on because that is so easy. That's like the easy way out, but let's try to challenge ourselves. Let's try to figure out what we like. And, you know, they might actually find something that they like doing. My son actually likes cars. <laughs> he's four, but he loves, he's obsessed with Hot Wheels and everything Hot Wheels and, and cars and loves them. There's also audiobooks that I think like my son recently started getting into Legos. So my nine-year-old asked for a new Lego set. He had earned it through various different things that he had done around the house. And I said, great, but you cannot just turn on YouTube. You cannot just turn on a TV show. You have to find a book that you're interested in sitting down and listening to. So he got through the first Percy Jackson with me helping him a little bit. And now he's, he's listening to the second Percy Jackson, which he wants to know if he's already listened to the audiobook, if he can watch the movie. And I'm trying to debate if I say, no, you actually have to read it also. And then we can watch the movie or if just listening to the audiobook, I'm like, well, I guess that does suffice. But so I'm, I'm still working that out in my head. But find a podcast, find an audiobook. Yeah, there's, there's tons of things out there. And there's tons of things online that you could say, what are 20 things that my child can do when they're bored? Or what are, what are things learned? There, there's so much information. And when you're not sending your kids to school every day, they're not getting exhausted. They're not coming home exhausted. They're actually wanting to learn during the day. Right. Just one one more little plug. You Online during COVID, I actually created, it's called Our Online Village. And it was exactly for that reason that I posted a, an activity to do 
every single day for 365 days that you can go and look up and say, my kids are bored. What's a 15 minute activity that they can do? What's a 20 minute activity that they can do? That's so great. So what is this website called? Our Online Village. Village Village.com? Yep. Okay, perfect. I'll go ahead and have that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you on the show. My pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, friend. Before you go, I want to thank you for listening. And if you found this podcast helpful, I would truly be grateful if you could just take a moment and leave me a five-star review. Your review will help me improve and reach more listeners who could benefit from homeschooling. Until next time, keep exploring and discovering new ways to make your homeschooling a fun and enjoyable experience. Happy homeschooling! Happy homeschooling!